Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the MedTech Talk podcast. This is your host, Tom Salemi. Thank you for joining us. We are just under a month away from the MedTech Conference to be held on June 1st in Minneapolis. Go to medtechconference.com to find out more information about the agenda, which we're going to hit upon a little bit today. We're going to talk uh, about some of the current events that are going on in MedTech, the big ones, including Abbott's bid for St. Jude and uh, Oris's acquisition of Hansen. Uh, we early on identified sort of the, the total solutions pushed by Medtronic and robotics is two areas we really wanted to hit upon in this conference because there's so much going on. And these deals really illustrate uh, how quickly uh, these areas are developing. So we talked to the architects of our agenda, Kevin Hikes and Justin Klein today. Kevin, of course, from Metavention and Versant Ventures. And Justin is a partner at NEA. I had a chance to sit down with them both and to uh, hit upon some of the uh, high points of the recent news. And also uh, revisited with uh, Tom Gunderson, uh, formerly of Piper Jaffray. Uh, now recently retired analyst, but certainly someone who still follows the sector. And Tom offered his thoughts on uh, some of the news of the day. So hope you enjoy this conversation with these MedTech leaders. And uh, pay attention uh, somewhere in the middle and toward the end, we'll offer you uh, a special deal regarding the MedTech conference, uh, something that we'd like to give to our MedTech Talk listeners. All right, I'm here with Kevin Hikes and, and Justin Klein, our, our great co-chairs of the the MedTech Conference. Thanks for joining me, guys. You're welcome. Good to be with you, Tom. So we've had a, a, a busy time of late uh, in MedTech, uh, a couple of uh, really intriguing deals, the biggest, of course, uh, being the Abbott St. Jude deal, uh, which is getting some mixed results on Wall Street for this reason and that. But I'm curious as to what do you think the the feelings are uh, in the in the startup world? It's never good to when you see Two uh, two giants come together like that, uh, Justin. As a as a VC, uh, how does it make you feel? Well, I think that uh, I think the combination is an interesting one for for both companies. You know, if you if you looked at their sort of portfolio of products or the franchises that they play in, um, there's not a lot of overlap, uh, and though there can be complementarity to some of their different businesses. So, you know, Abbott has done a nice job, for example, building out its structural heart portfolio in the mitral space. Um, St. Jude obviously has, you know, deep experience in surgical valves and increasingly in the transcatheter aortic space. Um, you know, and, and structural heart can, can broaden even more into sort of heart failure when you think about the continuum of care for patients with you know, structural heart issues that may manifest themselves as heart failure down the road. And so, you know, St. Jude's got a, a growing portfolio of products, you know, with the Thoratech acquisition and CardioMems. And so you put all these things together, and, and there's a really interesting kind of opportunity for that combined company to sell <clears throat> these portfolios and, and build relationships with hospitals and clinicians to take care of that patient population. I expect there'll be both, you know, commercial synergies as well as operating efficiencies that come out of it. Yeah, and Kevin, this really sort of fits into the uh, the, the total solutions uh, angle we took at the start of the the conference coming up on June first. We talked with Stacy Enzing Seng yesterday uh, on the podcast, uh, or recently on the podcast, I should say. It was uh, it ran yesterday uh, about uh, Medtronic and its its approach. This kind of seems to be in in response to that. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I'd say uh, it, ironically, um, or perhaps coincidentally, one, one of the initial hypotheses we had when we were mapping out that panel was the divergence of strategy or the apparent divergence where you have the Medtronic, Medtronic and a few others on one end of the spectrum, J&J, perhaps talking about scale and solutions and, and risk sharing and really orienting themselves to sell the broadest possible mix of product to the hospital systems, the new sort of heavyweights in the, in the purchasing process. And on the other end, you had maybe St. Jude, uh, as obviously as any, you know, adamantly saying it was still about technology and that this is a technology business. And while there may be opportunities for scale within service lines, that they would stay focused, at least that's how I heard them describe it, on uh, innovation first. And so now you have an interesting situation where Abbott, which was sort of a tweener, has reached, you know, to the, the innovation first end of the spectrum and gobbled up St. Jude so that they can then fight with Medtronic and the others, as Justin pointed out, in the scale battles, which is interesting. And yeah, I guess the implications for startups are, are um, several. St. Jude was not, you, you hate to see an acquirer uh, taken out of the mix. Uh, St. Jude wasn't the most acquisitive of them, but still they've done some deals lately. Um, and I also wonder that clearly Abbott will be distracted for some time to come. And they have been relatively active in doing strategic early structured deals and, and trying to fill some of the early stage vacuum with uh, corporate VC uh, efforts. And that may suffer as well, either because they don't have the time and energy to do it, or they don't need to do it as much because they now have a broader set of businesses that they've acquired, you know, through a, a merger with St. Jude. So uh, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, ultimately, I think as these large organizations become more and more focused on healthcare systems, um, they may have even less time and energy for groundbreaking R&D and may then still depend on startups to provide that. So my hope is that um, they will not become any more focused on R&D than they have been, that that trend will continue and they'll, they'll continue to have to reach into the startup world to find the exciting and novel white space opportunities to fuel the growth. Yeah, I mean, we, we've heard on the corporate side about, uh, about corporates investing earlier and earlier. Uh, clearly, Abbott had a, has a very active, I didn't say had past tense, has a very active uh, uh, corporate venturing program. Uh, Justin, any sense from you as to, you know, as these companies get bigger, we did see Medtronic slash Covidian commit a lot of money to early stage monies. But to, any sense from you as to whether or not this uh, will uh, uh, remove a source of financing for, for startups in medtech? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that it will necessarily. You know, Abbott and their venture group ha have spent time developing a portfolio of investments that uh, speak to both existing lines of business as well as white space opportunities. And and for a lot of Abbott's sort of white spaces, they were interested in were, were markets they weren't playing. St. Jude actually happens to be in some of them. So, uh, you know, whether it's neuromodulation for pain or um, think about, you know, catheter ablation for arrhythmias like atrial fibrillation. You know, some of the things that Abbott has done in constructing their portfolio, thinking about the future, actually get accelerated, you know, with the addition of St. Jude's businesses to the, to the portfolio. I, I think that, you know, what, I, what I, my hope would be is that Abbott, in a combined company format, continues to look towards venture investment as a way to develop pipeline. I think exactly to Kevin's comment, um, it is is still been the case that venture-backed companies are are responsible for what we see as most new market opportunities in med tech. Um, I think St. Jude has been a, a good acquirer, and they've done a nice job with a number of different products in their portfolio. You know, in, in buying venture-backed companies, 
Historically, they haven't done a lot of venture financing per se. They've done some, some meaningful financings for companies that resulted in structured acquisitions. Um, you know, they did those fairly selectively. And, you know, hopefully Abbott will continue to have an appetite for deals like those as well as the broader, more traditional, you know, we'll call it clean venture financing. Next, I talk with Tom Gunnerson, formerly of Piper Jaffray, who recently retired. And I just asked him straight out, what are your thoughts about the Abbott-St. Jude deal? Let's have a listen. My thoughts are similar to what um, we talked about on the last one. I think I talked about um, go big or go home mm -hmm. uh, when we were talking about Medtronic and Covidian and throwing down, the, you know, uh, Omar Ishrak throwing down the gauntlet and saying, you know, it's a, it's a new ball game here and um, bigger is better. So this is just a continuation of that. And I think Abbott is, uh, of, realizes that um, in the new world order of med tech, they weren't big enough. St. Jude wasn't big enough. And you put the two together and now it's J&J, &J, Medtronic, and the new Abbott. And um, we'll see what happens to uh, the next guy is Bard big enough? Is Edwards big enough? Um, how, about you know, how about Boston? Uh, excuse me? How about Boston, Boston Scientific? And Bo Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I should have thrown that in there, too. Yeah. Uh, Boston Scientific is probably the first name that comes to mind. So, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that all transpires over time. But the... The, I guess if I were going to make a point that hasn't been made three or four times already, maybe one that's only been made twice already, is um, this helps not only dealing with, uh, with the U.S. and the consolidation that we've seen in the hospitals and consolidation we've seen in the payers and now um, MedTech kind of catching up so that they're on a more even playing field. Uh, with those uh, customers of theirs, um, but it also helps on a on a global basis where um, you're not as decentralized in many other countries, as everybody knows, uh, and you're dealing with governments. Well, you can't go in with just a couple, in my opinion, it's getting more and more difficult to go in with just a couple of products and say, hey, we make a really good med tech widget and um, think you should buy this and you're talking to people who are buying for the whole country or making contracts for the whole country reimbursement those kinds of things and so the broader bigger base of products that one can bring to the increasingly larger customers um, the the more competitive they're going to be and i think it i think it just becomes uh, essential or inevitable that the others um, will become um, part of what we can now call big med tech, uh, the same way we formed big pharma a generation ago. And is this, uh, we did talk about this at the podcast uh, before, is this a, a healthy development? Is this what med tech needs to do to, to, to survive and move forward? Yeah, healthy and survivor are in two different categories, but uh, for me, um, but I think it is what needs to be done. Um, the world economy is as it is, and um, the customers are doing what they're doing. And um, if 
you're going to stay relevant and uh, competitive. Um, this is um, big is the, is the easiest path to survivability, I think. It's always great to hear from Tom Gunnerson. He's always welcome here on the podcast. Take a quick break from this conversation to introduce the savings for our MedTech Talk listeners. If you haven't yet registered for the MedTech Conference, go to medtechconference.com. Use the code MedTechTalk, and it'll knock a few hundred bucks off of your registration fee. So go to medtechconference.com and use the MedTechTalk code. Uh, now we'll pick up the conversation again. Going to move into robotics, where I talk to uh, Kevin and Justin about the space, uh, their interests as entrepreneurs and investors, and what the recent deal by Aris means. Let's have a listen to this. Another area we both insisted on focusing on was uh, robotics, and uh, we'll have a panel on that uh, with uh, uh, several, a uh, couple of CEOs and, and, and VCs, and I'm going to have the honor of, uh, of moderating that. But this is a, a space that we've seen some interesting uh, activity lately as well with uh, Oris's acquisition of, of Hanson. Uh, Kevin, are you uh, able to talk much about that deal? I, I, we understand now why you were tight-lipped about your, the robotics conversation until the deal came together. But uh, any thoughts uh, on that deal or just on the robotics space in general? Yeah, well, I, I can't share anything specific about the deal, of course, but having been involved with Hanson for the last six years, have had a sort of remarkable front row seat um, to how that space has evolved. And again, a fascinating situation. And if, I guess if you throw in the further news that uh, Transenterics got from the FDA this week that sets them back two to three years by some accounts, you know, they were really going to be the first legitimate challenger to intuitive, intuitive Surgical. And so now you have this kind of tale of two cities where the front runner gets another two-year reprieve and gets even farther out ahead of the pack. And there's lots of, lots of interest about how you catch up and challenge, um, but no one's really emerged yet to, to uh, put that to the test. So I think uh, it's a fascinating space, interesting to watch. The Hanson-Oris deal makes sense on a number of levels. There's obvious synergy there, both from a leadership and an intellectual standpoint, as well as you know, a, a very interesting uh, portfolio of intellectual property that the Oris folks, I think, uh, have signaled that they intend to use uh, as aggressively as they can. So. I think that will add an interesting new um, player to the mix and perhaps a stronger uh, player in the com combination of those two companies. And you know, we'd all, we're all waiting to see what J&J Google's got going. Some news there, um, at least a description of their approach as being more, as I understand, kind of an open architecture approach, kind of a platform concept that they see being used in both minimally invasive surgeries as well as, as a facilitator in open surgeries. So uh, interesting to see how that evolves, but not not yet a real sense from J&J or Medtronic, you know, where where those two big programs might be going and what it means for the, the space, but lots going on. Yeah, and we were initially hoping to get them on the panel, and uh, um, Scott Hunnigan's kind of told us not right now, maybe maybe next year, but uh, we were able to get Paul Aviolette from uh, SV and uh, John Pavlidis from uh, Vitronis, and uh, Justin, you were key in getting those folks on the on the panel, as well as Eric Timko uh, with Blue Belt slash Smith & Nephew. Uh, how are you viewing the, the robotic space? You've obviously got a couple of, at least one play in that space, Justin. Is this an area where there is opportunity to invest, to, to try to catch up to that leader intuitive? Well, I think so. I mean, I, I, I've looked at the robotic space through a couple lenses. I mean, I think to, to Kevin's comments, we're seeing a real evolution in the market that intuitive has had to themselves for a long time. And I expect that 
you know, as we see new market entrants emerge, like a Transenteryx, um, you know, the Google J and J collaboration, or what you know, Medtronic via Covidian is going to do. It's going to become a really interesting space over the next two to three years, and I expect it'll be venture-backed company opportunities that will help improve what each of those platforms is able to do in the kind of what I'll call the intuitive markets of today. I also think, you know, intuitive as a case study in robotics sort of has helped paint a picture of the ways in which robotics can help improve minimally invasive surgery outcomes. And we've seen some cases where robotics really hasn't gotten traction. Um, increasingly, venture-backed companies are pursuing robotic technology in what I'll call specialty applications outside of, you know, what Intuitive has done. And, you know, I think we thought that Vitronis and Bluebelt provided two really interesting examples of that, one in catheter ablation for AF and the other in orthopedics and reconstruction. And, you know, my hope is that, you know, we have the opportunity to spend a little time as part of our panel talking about some of the ways in which, you know, robotics can, in fact, improve outcomes at an attractive cost, you know, as sort of a, a next generational improvement in certain clinical disciplines. And, and hopefully for the audience and, and, you know, all of us at the conference, shed a little more light into how we might think about robotics in, in future applications outside of these areas, places where people hadn't really even considered it previously. Terrific. And it's it's really shaping up to be a, a great agenda. You guys have done a great job. And we're focusing on a lot of positive as well with the What It Takes to Win in MedTech panel with uh, four great uh, and successful CEOs there. And uh, I like the panel that uh, that uh, you've, you've both helped devise the fresh perspective on MedTech, sort of looking at uh, MedTech, the next generation. Any any takeaways from the experience of putting this, this together or any highlights uh, on the agenda, that, uh, any points on the agenda that you want to highlight uh, during this podcast? You know, I'd say it's been a it's been an interesting uh, chance to kind of stop and think about the breadth of the industry, the the perks and the the, the lovely compensation is much appreciated, Tom. It's a highly <laughs> highly compensated role, but no, great to kind of we're paying Justin twice as much the industry. Yeah, there you go. No, <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the panel and there's developments even these last few weeks that have I think highlighted, you know, the interest in a couple of these areas that we've already identified. So I think it'll be timely and hopefully a good conversation. And Justin, this is your second time around. Uh, what do you? What's your? What's your favorite part or parts of the coming agenda? Well, I I I enjoy the chance to think about what's really happening in in our sector, you know, and trying to think about you know the drivers for business activity broadly, whether it's investment by strategics in particular lines of business, what's driving consolidation, you know, what areas of of sort of venture capital are are you know, actively financing new business opportunities and to bring all the people involved that are really doing deals today, uh, you know, to the to the front of the room and, and have them attend the conference throughout the day and, and highlight some of these things that we're observing and at least provide a, a an opportunity for everyone to come together and to think about these things. So I, I look at our agenda this year, and I think we're touching on a lot of really interesting topics that are very current. Um, hopefully, you know, there's enough breadth that, you know, I, I think throughout the day, there'll be things of interest to everybody. 
and we tried to pick topics and, and angles on those topics that I think, you know, bring in other issues that all of us are wrestling with, whether they're additional regulatory considerations or reimbursement or all, all the different facets of what it takes to build a, a med tech company. Um, you know, some of the topics that we're highlighting today, you know, help pull in all those things. So I, I'm really excited about it. Terrific. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for your thoughts on the recent deals and, for, of course, for all the work you've done on the conference. You're welcome. Thank My you. Pleasure. Thank you, Justin Klein. Thank you, Kevin Hikes. And thank you, Tom Gunderson, for joining us today and uh, hitting upon some of the major news in MedTech and uh, really uh, helping to share why this upcoming MedTech conference is uh, going to be a great place to sort of revisit these topics and to, and to give everyone a better understanding of where we're going in the future. Thanks, of course, to our listeners for joining us. And if you haven't registered yet, go to medtechconference.com. Use the MedTech Talk code that I introduced at the break and save yourself some money and come to the best conference in MedTech. We'll see you in Minneapolis.